What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts here every single week. My name is Mitch, and with me as always... I'm Boozy. Mitch and Boozy are back in the trap. Um, we're going to be talking about shark exploitation today, a documentary that was written and directed, I guess. Have we done a documentary on the show? I want to say yes, we have, but I can't remember what it is. I want to do the same thing, I but like... I also don't know. But this one was uh, written and directed by Steven Scarlatta. And we're talking about shark exploitation, which is a new Shutter documentary that has dropped. I think by the time you're hearing this, it, it's been a few weeks. But uh, if you've been an avid listener of the Terror Table for a long time, you know that we love sharks. We love shark movies. So we feel like we needed to give this one some representation on the show. Yeah, we needed to give it our, our stamp of approval. Um, but yeah, today's just going to be a really laid back episode. We'll catch up on all the stuff that we've been watching and seeing. And then we're going to just talk about this uh, shark exploitation documentary as well as our favorite shark movie. We're going to talk about our favorite shark movies. I know oh I didn't God. I didn't I didn't prepare that either. Um, no, I was going to say I I, um, I don't know if you'd done because we kind of talked about it. I checked out one of the movies that they talked about in this documentary that I hadn't seen. I did and, as well. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Because yeah, we had yeah. we had kind of said like, oh, we were going to see if we're because you know we've seen like pretty much everything shark movie wise. We've seen like what that's something we're going to talk about in the main feature is that we are shark movie fans, but even this documentary kind of points out that there are so many different facets to this genre that like aren't for us. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe they are. Um, I don't know if things have changed, but I don't think so. Uh, but we'll we'll just talk about shark movies in general in the main feature. But uh, before we get that going, Boozy, what have you been up to? Oh, my gosh. I've been staying busy and I'm so happy to talk to you because I want to talk about video games. And I know that you're my video game guy. That video I games. <laughs> you're my gamer, buddy. Um, so recently these were on sale and or just released a combination of those two. So. I picked up a little while ago both Alien Dark Descent as well as Alien Fire Team. Um, Hell on, yeah. On PlayStation 4, if anybody's interested in teaming up. But um, yeah, these are both newer. I think like Dark Descent's the new one. And I think Fire Team came out last year. I believe. Uh, Fire Team came out while I was still in Saskatoon. Like I was playing that. Oh, really? Yeah, I was playing that I as didn't I realize was, it was preparing. that old. Yeah, it's like I had a ton of fun with it, but I only played a couple hours of it. But I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think um, I'm I'm one of those annoying um, completionists, whether I want to admit it or not, is that anytime there's a new like alien game, I have to not only play it, but own it. So getting both of these like right now, I believe Fireteam is like 60 percent off to 70, depending on like what service you use. But yeah, Fireteam is your first-person co-op shooter. Um, it's a 4v AI kind of deal. Um, it's it's pretty... How, how would I put this even? Like, Mitch, do you remember playing a lot of this one? Then? Yeah, it's just like kind of an arcade-style shooter. That's how it felt for me. Yeah, it, it's kind of like in the in the vein of like a, a Left 4 Dead. There's a little bit of a, like a story element to it about like... You're on a, a planet and you got to go save some bullshit. Overall, I, I I mean, nobody's here for the story elements of it. It's it's just a, you know, a cool ass shooter. And I, I like the um, the premise of it, that it, it 
it combines things like having defense systems that you can upgrade and, and work with. And they, they added a lot of extra weapons. You're not just stuck with like the classic weapons from like aliens. I feel like a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, the lore kind of gets stuck on like, what did they, what did the colonial Marines use? And this one kind of expands upon those and, you know, who, who doesn't want to add a, a laser sight and a, a cool um, skull sticker to their pulse rifle. I know that's the first thing I did. Hell yeah. So like how, how many hours did you play this thing? Like, did you really dive into it or was it one of those mm. kind of surface level experiences? I think that's, uh, so I haven't played that much. I'd probably say I've played maybe six, five, six hours. So, I mean, that's, for for how much I play video games, that's a, that's a decent amount, and and I think that's what I like about this is it it has a lot of that replayability of being able to drop it and pick it up, you know, because it is so in, in you know linear in terms of you know you know you know what you're getting with a shooter and you know you know how it's all set up. So I I really like that about this game is it's a lot of fun to just drop in and I mean this like I said the story isn't super. Uh, you know, like deep, so you can kind of just come and go with it. You just get dropped off at a planet, and like so far, I it hasn't been so bad with finding teammates. I think that's another thing is um, these games usually dry up pretty fast in terms of the online community. Yeah, and that's sometimes the fun of. It. I mean, obviously, you can have those uh, you know shitty experiences with people playing these games, but a lot of times it is fun to to be with other people as opposed to just the the AI is. You know, the AI isn't always the most fun to play with and against. Yeah, no, totally agree. I can't even remember who. I think I just would have played with like, uh, what are those like non-playable? Yeah, NPCs. Yeah, yeah, NPCs. Yeah. Like, even I know you said that you're, I'm your video game buddy, but like I've fallen out of video games pretty hard. But before I, uh, when I was playing, this is one of the last games that I was playing, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of fun with it. But I didn't have like, I didn't have a crew with me playing. Right. But it was fun, but it was pretty surface level. Like just yeah, you shoot xenomorphs. What yeah. more do you want? Yeah, and I and I mean like there is a, uh, there is ways to fuck it up. We saw that with uh you know colonial colonial marines. marines. Yeah. <laughs> so this game definitely. I, I honestly, if this game was like colonial marines, it would have been so much better. But yeah, it's it's pretty fun. They they throw in a lot of extra classes in there, so you can see all these different kinds of xenomorphs and. Of course, they had to throw in AI or um, they had to throw in lots of droids. So you're also shooting at robots, which is, you know, everybody's very excited to shoot at androids. Yeah. So it's pretty much just like point and shoot kind of shit. But if you're an alien fan, like, did you did you have fun with it? Yeah, no, no. I, I definitely think that for what it is, it's definitely if you want something to throw on every you know, randomly, if you're, you know, maybe having a couple of brewskis on the weekend or, you know, you just want to link up with your friends. It's great to just drop in and play for an hour or so like, yeah. yeah. And then I'll mention quickly the other one, which came up this year, which is Aliens Dark Descent. And that's a top down. Um, what would it, is it real time strategy? RPGs? Yeah. Something like that. I know nothing it, about this game, but you were talking oh, okay. about it. Yeah, it's a it's a top down strategy game. It's very much like um, I think I've talked about this game at some point in our history of this, but uh, Aliens ex- Alien vs Predator Extinction for PlayStation yeah. Two, which it, it they're using the same idea of a, of a top down shooter kind of idea, and you're going through these colonies and everything. But this is they've added so many cool. This, this game is really deep. I think for people who want something a little bit 
deeper than a surface level game the way that Fireteam is, this is this is what you want to be playing. It's real-time strategy. Um, the levels get affected entirely based on what happens. So you can have your entire uh, team actually die in this game, and you can come back with another crew, and they come in, and you'll actually find like your old crew there, and you'll find damage from what happened the first time. So it carries all that on, and the story ends up speeding up. It kind of... Um, <laughs> it, the story kind of takes almost a ocarina. Is it ocarina of ocarina time? Of time, yeah. Yeah, where where it, there actually is like a, a death clock going on at the top while you're playing this game that you have to get these missions complete after a certain point, and like you can play these games however you want. That there is so many different options. Like you can you can go stealth wise. Uh, uh, they were showing that people could play these whole games because they'd have like the the alien scouts, like the xenomorph scouts would be looking around and you could, if you can get past them and they don't alert the hive, like a lot of times you can accomplish what you need to in these games without uh, being attacked. But that's all part of it too, is if you want, you can go in there like a, a fire team way and get, you know, just shoot at everything and you'll have these waves of xenomorphs come and it's super cool. I, I've had a ton of fun playing it and it's, it's actually fairly creepy. It it's, uh, gives you a little bit of that old like Resident Evil feel. You know, you have like, you, if you're top down, you have your flashlight and you can only see very little in front of you. So, yeah. you know, they did a very good job of having these scary elements in a in a top down game that you don't always see. But I, I'm very impressed with it. I haven't uh, dug in as deep, because, but it is such a, a deep game. And yeah, I definitely recommend people check that one out. So is that the one that you like more out of the two? Oh, it's a, it's more faithful to being an alien game and more scary. But if I just want to like, if I don't want to invest a lot of my brain activity, that's where I go for fire team. Cause dark yeah. descent, you have to be on your feet. Like it's you're constantly reacting to things as it's happening. Whereas like dark to or um, fire team, if you clear out like an area, you can stand there with your AI or whatever and, and scratch your butt for 30 minutes and nothing will happen. <laughs> Yeah, that so but you played isolation as well, right? Like alien isolation? Yeah, yeah. Did you like that one? Oh my god. I yes, that was a fantastic and that's another game where like there aren't a lot of games that genuinely scare me, but that was one where I had to turn it off every once in a while because like the the big chap that that chases you around that entire thing is so intuitive and smart and just it has horror timing this fucking like they spent yeah. so much if you look into like the creation of like isolation the like amount of effort and time they put into making this ai like as smart as it fucking is it's terrifying and then you put that in a xenomorph body yeah no that that game scared the shit out of me like it, that stuff still works for me all the time mm -hmm. like that was one of the last games that really did, did you play me. um the vr version I didn't play the VR. I only played VR for Resident Evil. That was with right. Diego, and that was like too much. Yeah, <laughs> I never really experienced the VR for Alien. I could, yeah, like I isolation. I just did like playing it. I couldn't imagine like with a controller. I can't imagine doing like the VR for it. That'd be too much. Yeah, no, that that's would how they're be... gonna kill me. Like my grandkids are gonna kill me when I'm like you know in my seventies because they'll be like, "Here's Alien VR," and the chest bursters. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Like you're looking down at your chest and it yeah. helps die way yeah way 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 too much um okay awesome so that was three well you know two alien games but we spoke about three 
Everyone uh, knows that isolation. If you have it, you know, you've been living under a rock. Isolation is a great Yeah, game. that was a while ago. I feel like I brought that one up on the show like three or four years after it came out and everyone laughed at me because of like I got to it late. But yeah, we used to talk about video games a lot on the show, but uh, I'm happy we could talk about some of these alien games because, yeah, I only played Fireteam and I did enjoy it, but I'm curious about Dark Descent and it sounds like that's the one that we should play. Oh, dude, I think you'd have like a really fucking good time with that one. Yeah. Did you awesome. ever, I, I know, like, did you ever play Extinction? I don't the, think the, so. The top down one? No. Like the Alien vs. Predator one? Yeah. Yes, I did. Play I played as, like, the it Predator. so long ago. Yeah. That's so cool. You play as the alien and you could like drag people back to your hive. Yeah. No, that, that was so long ago. I can barely remember that. But like, I got really into like Diablo and Command and Conquer, all those like top down mm-hmm. RPGs or whatever you want to call them. RTS. I think it's RTS. Yeah, it's real time strategy. We're sounding very old right now. Being like, <laughs> what, what, what's this kind of game? Um, do, do you like? So you are you a fan of the the top? I love now? that shit. Yeah, yeah. Diablo I, two is like maybe my favorite video game of all time. Really? But that's like hack and slash RTS right. RPG, whatever. I, I don't know. There is something so fun about it. it's just you know it's like you get to play God for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's fun. Uh, sweet. Okay, so that's Alien Fireteam and Alien Dark Descent. I watch. I've been exploring Shutter recently, so I checked out Brooklyn Forty Five. Have you heard about this movie? Man, I've been on Shutter a lot lately, and every time I'm on there, that comes on there, and I haven't clicked on it. And I'm glad that you did, because now I can formulate my opinion based on what you think. Yeah, yeah. No, this one. So the synopsis is: five military veterans, best friends since childhood, gather together to support their troubled host. And the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. So this is one of those like independent horror films where it's just a bunch of people in one room having an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. If it is or if it isn't, it's one of those things where you can just tell they're trying to just put their creativity on display and it's either written well or it's not. And this thing is written really well and it's performed by there's a couple of people here. We got Anne Ramsey, Ronnie Rains, Jeremy Holm, Larry Fessenden, who's like an indie gem. And uh, yeah, the film is directed and written by Ted Gilgan. It's just one great location. It's a period piece, a supernatural whodunit. There's great performances across Ooh. across the board and some really cool effects. I really dug the supernatural stuff. And like, there's some really gnarly practical effects work in this. I just, I really dug Brooklyn 45. I wasn't expecting to. And um, it won me over by the end. I just thought it was a really tight little indie movie. And sorry, maybe you'd said already and I'm just dumb, but like, what's the period that it's supposed to be in? It would have been after World War Two. So um, oh, is it literally like 1945? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, like it's it's around there. And it, it deals with a lot of like, you know, the traumas that come with war and how you react mm. to it afterwards. And then also when you're dealing with like, it's kind of like a seance story. So cool. there's like okay. ghosts and shit like that working around. But uh. It was really fun. I actually really liked it. This is this one was a nice surprise for me. I, I had a lot of fun with Brooklyn 45. Do, do you think that I would enjoy it? I don't know. No, no. OK. Um, do you think if I had to choose between this and Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Brooklyn Nine-Nine would probably be more <laughs> your shit. OK. I had to get that one in there. All right. So that's Brooklyn 45. Yeah, Are Brooklyn you ready? 45. I definitely recommend it. It's, it's a cool little movie. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah that's on the that's on the main page of two or of uh, not to be shutter. Yeah. Oh boy, I have something exciting to talk about with you. Let's hear it. I found 
I don't I do not want to call it a gem because that's not what it is, but I found something on Tubi. Um <laughs> so this is the film is Dead End from 2003. It is a English French horror film directed by Jean-Baptiste André and Fabrice Senapa and starring Alexander Holden, Ray Weiss, Lynn Shay and Mick Kane. Um have you ever heard of this, Mitch? I could be wrong, but I feel like this might be the movie. I'm trying to find the post. Yeah, it is. Lana was on the Erie International episode where they talked about this movie. Like oh. years and years and years ago. No way. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to so have to go I've and never find seen that. It. Yeah, it was like a long, long time ago. I think it was like 2017 or something like that. Okay, uh, I'm th- going to have that... to dig for that. Yeah, I've never, I've never actually seen the film, though. How was it? Holy fuck! The, I the entire time I thought this was a made-for-TV film, but looking at its Wikipedia page, apparently it's not. Um, this is bizarre. And uh, okay, so it's it kind of gave me that like it's kind of got that like Twilight Zone Lovecraftian thing going on. So basically, the whole idea is this family is on Christmas vacation and the Ray Wise takes a, a back road to get to wherever they need to go because every year they go on this Christmas trip. He hates taking the same road and he gets bored. So he wanted to take the shortcut and anyway, and this shortcut ended up getting them into some sort of parallel time zone thing where they were just stuck driving down the same road over and over. Um, and there was a lady with a dead baby and a guy with a hearse mobile that would, steal you away if you got separated from the group that this is not good i'm i'm just gonna be no it is brutal it it makes no sense um this is i i how would i describe i'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it in terms of story elements where it felt kind of like people picked up and and directed certain parts of these just based off of what somebody told it was like playing telephone because a lot of the scenes didn't make sense where it would be like uh, you'd have one character that would that disappear or die or whatever, and everyone would instantly be over it. And they'd be like, we need to go to the police. But that's what they were doing before. So they never really change what they're doing. They just keep reacting to things with like the same. And then at one point, like um, they have to get rid of the Christmas presents because they're throwing their dead relatives in the back of their vehicle because they don't want them to get taken away, even though they're like horribly disfigured. And they find like a shotgun and then Lin Shay is playing with a shotgun. Um, and I think the best part of this overall, I don't know if you saw it on Snapchat because I had sent it your way. But there's a scene where after Lin Shay's son dies, um, she's overcome with grief so much that she re- reverts back to like being a child. So she just starts eating cake in the back of this car but she calls it pie, but she's clearly eating cake. And then later on, she's stuffing her face full of chips. Like she just eats shit. That's like her way of reverting to a child is saying, I don't want to. And then just like rubbing food on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they had one good editing, like comedy bit where they're like, don't eat those chips so fast. You're going to be sick. And then it just does like a hard cut to her standing on the side of the road, throwing up and all the other two are watching her super funny i don't know if it was meant to be played for laughs but also the fact that it's like lynn shea i've seen her do all these serious roles 
and all these, you know, like deep characters. And then like her character in this is so bizarre. And then, you know, like uh, Ray Weiss is uh, grumpy this entire. Is he not the original stepdad? No, that Ray Weiss is not the original stepdad. He's been in so many horror movies like he's I know him from Twin Peaks, uh, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Adam Green's Digging Up the Marrow. Uh, but oh, okay, no, yeah, yeah, because he looks so familiar. Like he's been in a ton of. He's also in uh, Jeepers Creepers too. Uh, he's in RoboCop. Okay, um, that's. I think maybe that's where I'm getting that from. Yeah, um, he's been in a ton and, of ton of stuff. Anyway, this yeah, this is a bizarre film that just got dumped on the Tubi. Um, I'm not gonna re- recommend it in any form or fashion, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I. Uh, the only thing I know about this movie is that I listened to that episode. It was years ago, but I know that Lana went on to Area International to talk about it. I think this is I'm pretty positive. This is the movie. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised this one isn't great. I did you love the Snapchat you sent me. I think there that um, somewhere out there, I will find a real deep cut that's good. Yeah, you just got to keep scouring. Yeah, you know, you got to turn over a lot of rocks until you find a gem. Speaking of which, I guess we'll move on to this isn't really horror, but I guess we should talk about it because it's a cultural phenomenon right now. I did Barbenheimer. I can't believe you. That's like a big commitment of time. Yes, especially since my friend bought the tickets. So he failed with how we structured this day. Like we went to I, I still think that you absolutely start with Barbie. Like you're you're a psychopath if you go with Oppenheimer first. Have you seen either of these yet? No, I have not. This it is a phenomenon, though. I I, I love yeah. uh, watching this. You know, absolutely. I will say the best part about it is that you know the industry is in dire straits right now. It's really sad, like where we're at. Like it's everything's crumbling. But it was pretty cool going to a movie theater at twelve a.m. on a Sunday and seeing people dressed up, prepared for Barbie, and like the theaters packed. That was really cool. Yeah, out of. Out of all things, it is so interesting to me that everyone's dressing up for Barbie because usually it's more of the like real nerdy shit that gets people dressed up, you know, like it's it's all the it, weebs are coming up to dress up for stuff. But it's like, oh, everybody's getting dressed up for Barbie. Yeah, it truly is like it's a cultural phenomenon. And I think that it's really, really cool, especially in this time that we're at. Like, I like that people are rushing out to the theater. Like, it's mm-hmm. kind of a saving grace from where we're currently at with all the strikes going on and everything. Um I don't think like I am not the target audience for Barbie, uh, but Barbie was a lot of fun. Like I, I had a good time with it, but I'm not going to be able to get too deep into it because like it was pretty surface level for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's funny. There's some good moments in it. The production design is insane. Like it's really well put together. Uh, there were moments where I was like that Margot Robbie was great. Ryan Gosling's hilarious in it. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a d- disservice to Margot Robbie that everyone's saying like Ryan Gosling stole the show. And it's like, yeah, he's great in it. But Margot Robbie was awesome in it as well. Like she did really, she really crushed that role. But I just, uh, yeah, it it was a fun movie. Like that's what it was for me. It's like it doesn't need to be a lot more than that. I could have done without all the Will Ferrell stuff, but I'm a Will Ferrell fan. Wait, Will Ferrell's in it? Yeah, he plays like the Mattel executive, and I'm like, I could have just though those are the parts that kind of dipped for me. But the rest Mm. of it, it was it was really funny. It's clever. It's fun. It looks great. The production design is amazing. 
are we getting a Ken movie? Is there will there be a Ken sequel, prequel? I hope in- not, because that would deter a, everything that they're trying to say with that movie. Like that's that's right, the one but thing you're you're bringing up the same points that pretty much everybody is. Where they're like, I love Ryan Gosling, I love Ken, and then I'm assuming that everyone else is gonna go. Let's make some money. Yeah. Well, I think because they're making like a Hot Wheels movie now with J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams is doing a Hot Wheels movie. I feel like this is like a new thing that they're trying to just squeeze a bunch of money out. Oh, man. Barbie's great for a lot of people. I uh, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, it, it's just I was definitely more excited for Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer fucking slaps. That movie's great. Are you interested in seeing that movie? I'm going to wait till it, it, it's a, a home video. I, I have no interest in rushing out to see three hours of that. Yeah, it really is like, you know, it's three hours of conversation and talking, but mm-hmm. it's all talking directed by Christopher Nolan. So like, yeah, it's pretty intense. Who, who better to do it? Yeah, it's it's my How's Killian Murphy looking. Oh, he's awesome. He's so good in it. Like everyone is great in it. Like Oppenheimer was much more my speed, but I also get how it's not everyone's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very political and talky, and it's. I feel like um, Oppenheimer is a big win for the scientific community, you know, because it's it's making these guys look cool, like one hundred percent nerds rise up. <laughs> you know that if if you could have went back and told all of them, like guys, twenty twenty three, we're gonna make this movie about you'll be super fucking. You guys are gonna be fucking rock stars, you know. They'd be like, wow, shit, yeah. It's so true, especially though, like since the whole point of the movie, which I feel like a lot of people are missing, is like this is not like Oppenheimer is not a hero. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what's I interesting think and nuanced about that. it. <laughs> yeah, people definitely have, and I think I understand. They've been Peaky blinders. They they absolutely. Killian was awesome though. Like I know you're a Killian Murphy fan too, right? Oh, hundred percent. He's so good in it. Like everyone is very good in it. But it's it's a political, it's a huge budget political drama. Mm-hmm. It's, I love that it, shit. It, it's awesome and it's cool that it's like such a big deal right now. It is just very strange that that's yeah. kind of like that's your blockbuster. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people are like, we got to go see it in seventy millimeter and IMAX, and it's like, yeah, the sound is amazing in that one moment where the bomb goes off. Mm. But it's a three hour fucking movie, so like the other stuff that's happening in that time isn't like you don't need to go to an IMAX for that. In my opinion, I could be completely out to lunch for a lot of people, but I I just, I really liked both movies. It was a great day at the, at the theater. I'm glad like, so when you're all, when it was all said and done, you're leaving, you're like, I'm ready for bed or you're like, I'm ready to relax and watch a movie. I'm happy. I watched Oppenheimer second. Yeah. That's what I'll say. I'm happy that I did that. Cause I feel like, if I would have seen Oppenheimer first, because it really did rock me by the end, like I was very affected by it. I feel like going into Barbie, it would have done Barbie a disservice. I would have been like so depressed and moody. Right, right. But it's a completely, it's so funny how these movies have become synonymous with each other for no reason other than their release date. <laughs> they And the, they'll be forever entwined. They are. Have you yeah. seen how like I like how memes are getting people out to the theaters? Like I wouldn't have seen both these movies in the same day if it wasn't for the memes. Yeah, you have to think that there's got to be a little bit of like, is that is that somebody on the sales team? Like, I feel like know, someone saw this... a troll being funny and was like, let's make this work and our like, let's Ex- make this. Yeah. We will cash in on this and let's they let's turn it. this into a W. Have you heard about Saw Ten? <laughs> 
Have you heard about this? That's the next one coming out, right? It's Saw 10 and Paw Patrol. Yeah. People are calling it Saw, Saw Patrol. Patrol. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to go down this path, but that's pretty that's, fucking funny. That's going to be like, the, you know, that's going to be pop culture for the next little while. Is anytime any movies are released close together, we're going to try to mash them together. Yeah, the world's being run by trolls at the moment, and I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> um, Yeah, so the, yeah, really enjoyed Barbie and Oppenheimer. I'm definitely, and neither of them are horror movies. I think you should mm-hmm. see both of them. Everyone should see both of them. Uh, Oppenheimer, the, or sorry, Barbie had some pretty fucking hilarious moments. Like uh, the narration by Helen Mirren was my favorite part. Uh, do you have interest in seeing Barbie? I asked you about Oppenheimer, but Barbie. I think I, I do more just because of my stanisms for Ryan Gosling. You know, like he can really do no wrong for me. He, like I had said earlier, he. A lot of people are saying he steals the show, and he is so good in that movie. The only reason I don't want to feed into that too much is because I'm like, that kind of downplays how good Margot Robbie was in that role. But he, I also think Barbie might have been better if they would have pulled back a little bit on the Ken because Ken has like so many funny moments that it does downplay some of the great moments of Barbie. Right. So uh, like what I'm getting out of this is Barbie's your main character, but Ken's got all the good shit. Ken. Yeah. He's, it's all like laughing at, yeah yeah he's very good at uh being the sacrificial lamb for lack of better words right right which um people don't realize makes you more endearing but yeah barbenheimer i i want to do more double features i did i went to a movie on friday night which i'm going to talk about on a different episode um but then i went to a movie in the morning i'm like like i would have just went to the other one right afterwards because it's like i kind of like the double feature you get to like cleanse your palate with something completely different yeah yeah <laughs> um what else do you got going on all right i got i got one more before i talk about one more that'll be in our shark exploitation but this will be the last one i talk about right now so this isn't a first time watch this is a rewatch something i haven't seen in a long time and i don't know why but i was like i should rewatch this anyway i checked out 2014's clown directed by john watts and i did not realize that john watts went on to have a very successful career after clown up until right now yep that that boy killed it did he not do cop car as well is that him yes he did a cop yeah. car as well as um is it into the spider verse he did like he's done a no, bunch he, of spider-man he did uh not not the animated not into the spider verse but he did uh was it? He did. Okay, wait. Sorry, he did Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. He did the whole Tom Holland trilogy. He did all the homies, all the <laughs> homies. Like clown. Yeah, this is a movie that doesn't get talked about enough. It really doesn't. I I was thinking about in terms of like clown movies and clowns being scary. This is number one. I think this is the scariest clown movie of them all, and depiction of a clown. And what makes this even cooler, and I think maybe this goes into more of like how we like our stories presented to us is I love the lore that this gives as opposed to any other clown lore I've ever heard of. So the story in this is a uh, realtor is throwing a party first and the clown that they hired uh, doesn't show up. He can't make it. So the guy goes into the basement is looking around in these old boxes and finds this old clown costume. So he's like, Eureka, I'll put on this here clown costume and entertain my son, which he does. But then he can't get the costume off. And then he finds out maybe the costume isn't a costume at all. 
maybe it's skin. <laughs> it's very much the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, but a horror movie with a clown suit. Yeah. I I fucking I adore this. Now that I like this is my third time watching it and I hadn't watched it for quite a while, but I adore this film. It take it holds nothing back. It is violent towards everything and everyone. It, basically this clown is just after a while you watch this slow kind of like the fly deterioration of this character that just becomes a feral clown monster that's the and there's like a you know there's a little bit of like a family drama of trying to to tame this and you have your protagonist slowly turn into an antagonist as this film is it's fucking great um there's a whole scene at the end and um i guess the best way to describe it would be like a chuck e cheese like mcdonald's kind of play place area yeah Yeah, like with the ball pits and the slides and everything which are like super fun um but they take that excitement and and you know the the joy of that and turn it evil with a, a monstrous clown that's wandering around looking for children it is oh man i just this movie flew so far under the radar for so long and it remains under the radar and it's so good it it really yeah and i you know um you always have we talk about this all the time is all these films we find are like you know underrated for one reason or another another and yeah i don't i never see people talk about this film at all and there's they're literally like there's nothing wrong with it from any aspect that would make it not an enjoyable experience like it is more than competent on all these fronts and, and like you know it's so well directed and the the violence and you know it's just it's so technically well done and yeah nobody nobody talks about it, but i think it's overall super in terms dark. of it, it is dark there's there's not a lot of happy stuff about this i mean yeah. and this film's been out for a while and there's one scene that oh man can i talk about the fucking confetti scene? Uh, no yeah that... that's the best it's one of the best gifs online it's fucking hilarious there's a gif of it when he shoots yeah. himself is that what you're talking about yeah yeah um yeah he's so they they find out that that uh you know he he's trying to kill himself after realizing he's this clown creation he can't get the suit off so he goes and he tries to shoot himself and instead of blood coming out or guts or anything comes out of him it's just confetti comes out of his <laughs> so it it, so good and and amidst like this extremely violent and you know depressing film just having a scene like that it literally is like over the top funny when you watch it because it's such a dreary like yeah it's dark, dark film it, it adds so much levity to it like yeah. where you watch the confetti it's like well because then you realize like gum. oh right it's a clown again <laughs> yeah it's like bubblegum colored blood splatter yeah so, so good. i definitely would recommend people go and check this out you know like we always um talk about like the the cult films as well it's like man it would be really cool if in you know like a decade or something people start realizing how great this is this needs a cult following i echo everything that you said about this movie it's so much fun i love this movie but that oh, moment alone is like <laughs> worth your time when was the last time you saw this Okay, so last time I saw it was when I it was when I first we moved into a different place when we right. started the terror table like a year later. My friend was staying at our house. It had just come out, but I was like, "This is a movie." I honestly think that Clown is my favorite clown movie, the killer clown movie. Yeah. It might change a little bit. I'm a terrifier too. Was such a I love that movie so much. I know you didn't care for it, but Clown is one of the best killer clown movies. 
Yes. And I, I think that, um, you know, there is that, that classic built in fear of people being afraid of clowns. And this just swerves it to a different angle. Like if you weren't afraid of clowns at all before, like this could probably make you afraid. Of yeah, clowns. <laughs> it does. Like it starts out kind of funny. And like even the confetti scene that we're talking about when he shoots yeah. himself, like that's it's there's a darkness to the humor there. But by the end of it, it really just turns into a balls out horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does feel very much like it has that um, that like I'd mentioned before, that kind of like the fly aspect to it. Yeah. Even you have like these relationships where people are trying to save this guy as he's slowly transforming. And I think, yeah, like it can't be stated enough is the the lore and the way that they build up this like the idea of what the clown yeah. is and it's, it's tremendous yeah, it, it's such a cool idea so it's yeah it's like basically this like abominable snowman kind of creature that lives up in like the mountains and would come down and eat children and oh man yeah just, just it's fucking, so if you haven't good, seen clown man. turn this off and check yeah. that out but yeah john watts he had done uh cop car and clown and then he got the new spider-man trilogy so that should tell you enough to know that this guy, he's got the goods. Yeah, this is like, even if you don't like Marvel, I love those three. Like, or I like the first and third one. Um, He's a great director. And yeah, exactly. Like you and you see, obviously, you see a lot of this when you're watching it is just the the technical competency and the the ability to because he also uh, co-wrote this. You also you're seeing the elements of just like knowing how to have those, you know, the characters fit into what you need to excel the story. Yeah. Um, yeah and just, on an indie level. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like just putting it all together. So, and you know, like these, these big studios don't pick directors to do these huge projects if they don't have a lot of trust in them. You know, you don't Absolutely. get to make, you don't get to make a Tom Holland trilogy of Spider-Man movies without being, very technically proficient and you're, you're going to yeah. see that and it's very clever and i know because it was co-written by christopher ford who also he had uh co-wrote homecoming like spider-man homecoming mm -hmm. but he also co-wrote the clove hitch killer which is a movie we've talked about a lot on the show that we really like weird yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool it like makes sense that he co-wrote the clove hitch killer and clown but they are still so different but i was talking about this with a friend last night reflecting on smile like a movie that mm. we we both like we dug it dude we've always like said that we love bleak endings and horror movies and it's very rare that those get a pass and essentially if they ever do well but now think about it, we're living in a world where smile fucking crushed last year and that movie has an insanely bleak ending i i need to rewatch it because just i want to rewatch it too seeing images online because you do see still see discourse yeah. about it seeing images online and just thinking about it because i've only seen it the one time is like yeah i think that maybe i missed out on something i think Not we underestimated like it. it yes exactly we still we still like we both it. gave it a positive review and like i did i think my letterbox review is like three and a half like that's a good rating thinking about that ending like it's pretty fucking gnarly and like i know the mist took a huge hit because the ending the strangers mm -hmm. has like 46 percent on rotten tomatoes like people generally don't like that movie and we love that film and that's one of the bleakest endings ever and i think maybe with uh, you know this i i will accept my own fault with with smile is having this idea that like they were just gonna ride that one gimmick into the sunset do you know like that's I, our whole film is now you're smiling and i 
I, I thought it was going to be such a one trick pony is like, yeah. oh, they found that thing that uh, people can emulate easily to get that pop culturism and it's not overly terrifying. Yeah. You but, felt like it was yeah. going to be like a countdown or what was the other one? <laughs> what was the one movie that we, we beat up pretty bad? God. It's uh, actually pretty Truth fun. or Dare. Yes. Truth or Dare. Like, which also, you know what? Shout out Truth or Dare because there's a what? pretty fuck dude. There's a hilarious death in Truth or Dare. There's one moment where like a, a guy like stands up on a pool table that falls and smacks his head and breaks his head open. I remember, yeah, I yeah, remember it's a that. Cool death. <sighs> the, yeah, the movie wasn't great, but it is like there's a lot of these movies that are just made for audiences that aren't us. They're not the we, for like, dude. Let's admit it. We're nerds. We're horror yeah, nerds. Yeah, we're hundred percent we're nerds. We are like, horror uh, nerds. So like we're doing we this are on a Sunday. We apart. could be we could be out. I'm sure it's nice out where you are. It's nice it's out where beautiful. I am. We could be outside, but yeah. we're inside. We're not talking about horror it. movies. Yeah. Yeah. We're and I'm about... gonna I, I think I, by the time this comes out, I will have talked about last week. It's actually crushing me to not talk about it with you right now. I was gonna talk about it with you afterwards. Like I just saw talk to me. Mm, I know holy shit that's all i've been like i've had people come out and message me so much about and like i've also reached out and messaged people about it because like i haven't seen one bad thing of everyone's like holy shit and i that's what worries me and i've seen some of that too and by the time people are listening to this they'll have heard my thoughts because i'm going to share it on the episode Mm -hmm. that i'm recording tomorrow that's going to come out before this but uh dude like i don't want to overhype it for anyone though like it's one of those movies that's so good that you don't want to hype it up too much for people because I I want people to have the experience I had. Like I knew it was going to be good, mm-hmm. but like it's like up there with Hereditary for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see I, it. And just from the first trailer being like, all right, spooky monkey paw, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'll say yeah. I might change my mind on this, especially since we're recording this before people people will have heard my review. Currently, I a lot of people are saying it's the best since like it follows, which. I put it up there with like it follows hereditary. Holy shit. I still like as of right now, I still like hereditary the most. Like that's just it speaks to me the most. But mm-hmm. dude, it's so rare that we get a movie that like I jumped out of my seat. No way. I never fucking do that. Like I was with friend I went with Nick Humphreys and my buddy Patrick. Yeah. And they're both like I watch everything. So and they just always are used to looking over at me and I'm just smiling when I, I'm like uh sam neil in in the mouth of madness in the theater we're just eating your popcorn and smiling <laughs> you're, you're just enjoying the shit out of everything dude we had like the most annoying crowd in that theater like yeah going into the movie i was like oh my god this is this is why you don't go to movies opening night horror movies because it's just people are going to be on their phones annoying it's one of those examples where everyone shut the fuck up until it was time for them to yeah. scream and that speaks volume we've had that experience in theaters a couple of times where we thought we were going to be with shitty crowds and then mm-hmm. when the movie grips yeah that's a testament to how good that is so it, it is that scary that's like pay attention i so badly don't want to talk it up too much because i don't want to mm-hmm. it's unfair to the movie to set the standard that it's like this is the next exorcist you know which hereditary did and i was like right. okay don't don't fucking say it. that's such a disservice to the movie. You're setting I, I people up. I said that up. about The Conjuring too, and I, I feel bad about that. You say that, but dude, and I know I've thought about that a lot. Like, because you're you're a guy who doesn't love that all that kind of stuff, like, especially no. The but Conjuring two is really good, like really, really fucking good. It, it's worthy of getting that title, and Hereditary even more so mm-hmm. is worthy of being, 
you know, hailed as the best horror movie since The Exorcist or like, you know, in terms of what it's doing in the genre it's playing with. I love Hereditary so much. Dude, Talk to Me is right up there with me. Like, I haven't been that inspired in a long time. This is like, that, oh, it's that so good. Good, good to hear. I think um, you're I think you'll really like it. I was going to ask, besides Talk to Me recently, what was the last film where you actually because I've had this happen, like when you actually stand up because you're so like Her- hereditary that was it the was last hereditary? one for me okay yeah. and i will say and i think this is this discourse is about to start happening because even i talked about it with my friends when i left the theater the moment where my jaw dropped and i jumped out of the seat i'm like it is very similar to something that happens in hereditary it is right. different enough though but i don't know it just it fucking it just kept going do you think that these films are going to be compared to each other solely because uh, a24 label yeah. but like is it anything like Hereditary otherwise? Like if this came out and it was Lionsgate put it out or some shit. It's so clear that A24 okay. cares about showing people's authentic visions. And that's why these movies are succeeding is that they're actually giving directors and writers full reign to do what they're good at and trusting them. That's why these things are working out this way. Not only that, but they're recruiting the right people like these Rocka Rocka brothers. Like I've have you heard of Rocka Rocka? No, but it sounds dude. There's there's like a million fucking things, but it also sounds like they're a '90s rap group. One hundred percent. And honestly, I still I saw it last night, and I haven't watched uh I haven't watched their videos yet. But it was so good that I I want to go and learn more about these guys. Right. But they're Australian. I honestly think I just saw a movie that I was talking about this with Seb. He he was saying it's a shame there's not going to be sequels. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is one of those examples that this movie is ripe for sequels, but I love that A24 won't allow that because it's just, it's a great movie. Let's move on to the next good idea. Right. But holy fuck, is this concept ripe for 80s sequels? Like, I, I get what you mean, though, is like as much as we loved Hereditary and you probably had enough meat on the bone at the end that you could do something else with it. Yeah. I don't want Hereditary 2 Electric Boogaloo. No. And but that's the thing too is like now think about like prominent with like I loved Hello Mary Lou way more. Mm-hmm. But the thing is like when the original is that good, I don't know. There there's times where I love Halloween nineteen seventy eight, one of the best mm-hmm. fucking slasher movies of all time, maybe the best slasher movie. I still like some of those sequels. I don't think any of them hold a candle to the original. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with like welcoming other ideas to this concept and like living in that world again. Right. I just want more from this idea because like I was like trying to figure out like what are the rules mm-hmm. and they actually don't ever answer the rules. Um, Could this be ripe for a TV miniseries? Oh, it'd be ripe for anything, dude. If dude, these guys I are directing A24 it. A24 and... should, should try making one miniseries. A24 mm-hmm. would never do sequels. But then you look at X, Pearl, uh, Maxine. So I think that there is possible room for them to you know try something I different, look at but... those more of as an exception than than um a point it's you not like I mean? x2 you know like pearl yeah. is not x2 i love pearl but it's right. not it is so different and i like that they're going that approach with that approach but i just want to see more fucking bonkers like i've been all this stuff i'm going to have talked about on the last episode i watched all the poltergeist movies again right the original poltergeist is amazing but I actually love those trashiest shit sequels as well. I, I love the idea, especially for those, because, yeah, like the, the 80s and 90s were very potent for that idea of like 
there's some really good sequels to to yeah like established franchises and a lot of them are just on the backs of like they were made to be something else and then they just yeah. kind of tag that on 100 percent. and i don't hate it because we've got some fantastic films out of that and you're Look right at, like i was talking about this last night with my buddy 10 cloverfield lane that was mm-hmm. never meant to be a cloverfield sequel it, totally yeah that's, but, that's a perfect and that's a newer example that's great yeah and so i think there is room for it i think people are still figuring it out um i of course welcome you know more original stories percent um and you're kind of going back to your talking about about random sequel i do want to speak on this when i actually finish it i have about like 20 minutes left but i'm nearly done amityville dollhouse holy um, shit i've never never ventured that far <laughs> um and it's definitely um i want to talk to ari aster where did he get these dollhouse oh ideas God. has he seen amityville dollhouse there's some cool shit in it honestly you should check it out Bo- boozy you have done that so many times that's one of my favorite things about you <laughs> is like you'll like take a prestige movie and you'll be like i think this person saw godzilla 1998 <laughs> one of my favorite things about you but it's like i guarantee you ari aster isn't referencing amityville dollhouse I guarantee that there are so many filmmakers right now that are in our age range that saw fucking Godzilla in 98 and it was a part of 100 percent. I because agree with that, that was a small cultural phenomenon. Yep. No, I agree. I, and I think Ari Aster probably saw Godzilla in 1998. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. He did. Have you seen interviews? With, like, do you care? I know you love Hereditary. You weren't crazy about Midsummer. You haven't seen Bo's yep. Not Afraid. But like, have you watched interviews with that guy? No, I and I'm not sure why I haven't because you've talked about it before. He's fucking hilarious. Is he really? Like He's I, so I love funny, him. Man. I have a great sense. Yeah. Like um, I know we're gonna be talking about the shark exploitation thing right away, but like I really enjoyed like seeing Roger Corman talk yes. because he yeah. not only has interesting things to say, he's funny about it. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'll have to check out some. Did, of these dude, you got to see because they do. I, one of my favorite memes recently. Also, shout out Daniel Epler because he sent us one. It's like when your divorced dad is sending you home to your parents, and it's Michael Shannon, and he's in the Criterion <laughs> closet. He's like, "I was a good boy, I had a great time. I'll see you guys later." Like, I love that shit. Ari, when Ari Aster was in the Criterion closet, he was like, "Yeah, I'm here to." Um, he was promoting Bo is not afraid. But really? he's like, yeah, we're here uh, just looking around the closet to um, celebrate Dungeons and Dragons. And like, it was so funny. Like, I just, <laughs> which also Dungeons and Dragons is actually surprisingly very fun. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, I was surprised by how much I liked that movie. I had you know no what? intention. I don't want to be sassy, it. but do you think I've fucking watched Dungeons and Dragons? There's no fucking way you will watch. Dude, Boozy, I promise you, I would have never seen that movie if I didn't see it with my mom. I, no I was gonna like, I'm very surprised you saw that. Dude, that's a prime example of a movie. I had I saw the trailer, and I'm like, I like Chris Pine. I like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. No fucking chance am I gonna be going to the theater to see this movie. And then I went to it because I went to Saskatoon and I know my mom loves that kind of stuff. She's yeah. been going through some shit. So it was nice to go to the movies with my mom. I know she likes fantasy stuff. And we had such a good time. It is so good. Like I was like genuinely shocked by how good Dungeons and Dragons was. You know what? That's awesome that you got your money's worth out of the experience. So you you maybe like were a little slower on, on giving your mom the suggestion like, hey, do you want to do Barbenheimer? that's the thing the, the, so what led to this i love that we got here 
I, the two movies I saw with my mom before Dungeons and Dragons was yeah. uh, The Green Knight, which because she loves fantasy. Did you ever 30. see The Green Knight? No, I'm trying to like picture people what hated that one it. Is. I I really liked it. I liked The Green Knight, but it is a very slow A24 art house fantasy movie. Okay, all, all I'm thinking was Green Lantern the whole time. But <laughs> but there is a scene, a close up scene of someone coming on to a, like a rag. I'm like, right. God damn it, dude! Did I need to see this with my mom? Did this need to happen? Right? Could you have just implied this scene? Why do we have to? <laughs> exactly. It was it was one of those things where I'm like, you know what? Fine. I wanted to go to a fantasy movie with my mom because right. we, I grew up with her taking me to see Lord of the Rings and King Arthur and all these like, you know, she loves fantasy. So I was like, okay, fuck. That was a little too much to see with your mom. Guess what the next movie we saw was? Did you ever see Nightmare Alley? No. It's Guillermo del Toro. It's really good. I really like that movie. But within the first 20 minutes, Bradley Cooper is getting a hand job in a bathtub. I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, how many times do I need to see cum shots with my mom? You need to be on that Christian website to make, like, looking up the films beforehand to see if there's any sex scenes like, or bad the words. Do- does the dog die? Like, <laughs> yeah. It is, d- does someone come in this movie? I need I need that website. Does someone come.com? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Matt's probably taken already. But that's why I was like, okay, Dungeons and Dragons, this seems like a safe bet. Right. And no was. coming in Dungeons and Dragons. And guess what? I honestly think that was my mom's least favorite movie out of the three that we saw. <laughs> like she liked Green Knight a lot and she loved Nightmare Alley. Those are dark as shit, cummy movies. And then I ended up walking out of Dungeons and Dragons being like, oh, that was pretty good. I I love that you just invented a new subgenre of film, dark cummy movies. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how you know like a, a, a crime thriller or just a thriller drama is really deep. When somebody like has a sexual moment in front of somebody else, but it's to themselves. Do you know what, what a tangent? All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk chat about? No, I want to chat about shark exploitation. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about shark exploitation, the documentary on Shudder. We'll see you on the other side. There is a genre alive today that has survived 90 years of evolution, causing people to live in fear. Hollywood has created a monster and given it the name Sharksploitation. It's because of Jaws. Shark craze which has gripped America. Suddenly society developed this massive fear of sharks. Sharkmania. Movie that made a hundred million dollars and everybody wanted some of that. Our focus was creating a shark. We weren't thinking about what it was going to do to the future. Great whites. Man-eater. Deep blue sea. Sharktopus. Sharknado. The shallows. The Meg. Sharks were everywhere. You watch shark movies, you watch shark documentaries. This creature is a Hollywood celebrity. The shark is a natural monster in the ocean. Why we are scared when we're standing in three feet of water at the shore. Sharks. It ignites something in us that makes us feel alive. Shark exploitation. Stream now on Shudder. All right, and welcome to our main feature presentation where we are talking about the documentary Shark Exploitation from 2023. Uh, this thing is written and directed by Steven Scarlatta, and essentially, we're just using this as an excuse to pay homage to someone who made a documentary that feels like it was made for us. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this so many times on the Terror Table. We're big fans of this subgenre. And uh, it's really interesting. I don't know how much we're going to talk about the actual documentary, but more so we're going to feed into the documentary. Like, 
you know, we, we're going to have the discourse movies. that yeah. the documentary follows in similar fashion. Exactly. So you've had a chance to see it now, Boozy. We've both seen mm-hmm. it. Let's just quickly get it out of the way, how we feel about the documentary as a whole. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it? I want to say that this, um, it was more than I expected because it, it, it took a turn that, that a more humanitarian and, you know, dealing with the actual repercussions that happened with the shark population and calling and stuff like that is not something I expected to see in this and, and for how heavy it goes into that as well. Um, which was really nice to to kind of get that viewpoint of it as well. But just having so many different people from so many different facets of, you know, uh, film, horror, uh, sharks, just, you know, yeah. having all these people talk about not just like I'm, I know they focus so heavily on Jaws because obviously this is, you know, like shark exploitation doesn't exist without Jaws but just their ability to talk about everything that surrounded it and, and just realizing um, you know, how many things have changed in that genre and the, you know, that there, there is a loving community of not just you and me, but like, you know, uh, this huge community that, that loves shark exploitation and just, yeah. yeah, I think, I think that, you know, what you wanted at the end of the day was uh to lovingly look at the genre which it does but there's also like a, a deeper story there and i i just i really enjoyed watching it i think that shutter having stuff like this is really rounding out its channel so much they have so many different styles of content and having these documentaries that really that like it didn't feel like a, a home budget kind you know because we do see those in the horror communities or like the kind of the dvd extra kind of stuff that you would get whereas like this just felt it felt so full-fledged and it, it felt really competently done. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely like, I, I am a Blu-ray collector for many reasons, but one of the reasons I am is uh, the making ofs and the little documentaries and featurettes that come with these movies. But like you said, this one really doesn't just feel like it was made to be a featurette. Like this is a full-fledged documentary paying homage to a type of film that, so many people clearly love because they've been making them for so long mm-hmm. we we've made it no secret how much we love this subgenre. i know we both considered jaws as one of our favorite movies and we've talked about that so much on the podcast but there are so many movies in this subgenre that we still kind of poo-poo over like we've never been sharknado guys We've never been like hurricane right. shark or sand shark, all that stuff. And and I love that they really dug into that and yeah. had the the directors and people involved with that. And just, uh, you know, realizing that that it's not just like a, a fully just like, oh, make a, a paycheck random sci-fi movie. It's like they actually enjoy like they're, they're having the a people great who time make those and, things care about them. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's they you realize how much passion they have in terms of just making these fun and over the top like. When they have those over the top kills, it, like they want to because that's the vein, that's the genre of it. And I, yeah, I, I think it made me appreciate that part of it a little bit more. Maybe I'm too much of a shark snob. That's I just, the best I love part of this the doc. love of it. Yeah, that's the best part of this doc is that it really does shed a light on like all these like movies that we kind of snub off where you think like, you know, the joke, it's funny, like sand sharks, ice sharks, mm-hmm. ghost it's shark, not really our thing, but. It this documentary did make me have a different appreciation for it, seeing how how they went about making them, which a lot of people you wouldn't have known if you didn't get this documentary. 
Yeah. And, and like seeing, um, once again, like seeing Roger Corman and realizing, cause like, I love, I love Papa Roger Corman and, and yeah. realizing how much he has a footprint in, in all those shark exploitation, goofy films. And even, you know, like dating back years and years, the, his influence obviously on film is so wide, but even in just like the shark exploitation genre, it's so funny to think about. And that made me appreciate it more too. It was like, okay, there is a, there's a fun art form to this. 100 its own charm i like that they still they talked about a lot of uh movies that we are fans of like i think i can confidently say we both like the reef like yes. the original the yes. reef like that's a prime example of like you know none of these movies have ever come close to reaching the greatness of jaws but i have i have not secretly ever cared it's like <laughs> we love deep blue sea we love the yep. reef we love uh, even open water has some very redeemable qualities to it. Um, I just like sharks on film and I want to see the next great shark movie in the shallows. Like I remember, I, I think we were both like pretty critical on the shallows at first. We were, yeah, we were very excited to see it. And then once we were finished, we were kind of lukewarm. disappointed. Yeah. But then I feel like we both have come around to it though. So much. That's I, what I happens. really come to appreciate what a, brilliant film that is especially for being like a one location film yeah i think the lesson to be learned here too though is that like yes nothing is ever going to be jaws no shark mm -hmm. movies ever going to be jaws but honestly even other movies are not going to be jaws like they're not mm -hmm. going to be this good but we have that pedestal that's like right in front of us we're like we're always going to think about what that movie achieved and yeah. um, whether it wants to be or not which is totally unfair is there's plenty is, of shark yeah. movies that want to you know, even look at like at Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea switched up so many of the classic tropes of not just like characters, but Love also sharks. Movie. They're just like, oh yeah, sharks swim backwards because fuck it. They yeah. also can just, they're super smart and they do all this other shit where it's like it changed that to, to be something a little bit different. Did it want to be Jaws? Who knows? But if it wanted to be its own thing, I love that it blazed that. And But the, yeah, the unfortunate fact is we're always going to compare it to that one film. Yeah, it, it just, if anything, it just shows how strong of a movie Jaws is. And they get that out mm. of the way in the documentary, which is great. I really yeah. appreciate that part. I also like that they shed some light on, I know you and I, when we decide to do this episode, because we're like, we feel like, bottom line, like, you know, away from everyone else listening to this, how this episode came about was someone made a documentary about something that we love. Mm -hmm. let's let's talk about it let's pay homage to it let's really highlight it because i think people should watch it but th there are so many shark movies i love but none of them even come close to jaws mm -hmm. but that's fine it's okay like but there, we liked bait remember i never yes. saw bait and then we did that episode and i ended up being like this movie is pretty fucking fun a, a lot of these shark movies yeah like they're they're not ever gonna be jaws but they all are well, not all, but a lot of them, especially the ones that we really enjoy, are great on their own merit because they they try to do something a little bit different just because you have to. I I I know it's a not a good movie and there's not a lot of redeemable qualities. I still like 47 meters down uncaged. Dude, oh not oh my god. So mm -hmm. you just opened up a can of worms I wanted to talk about is can you remember like it was we just started the terror table. Yeah. And when 47 meters down the original, not even uncaged, came out. Yeah. That movie was so fucking dope. Like we loved we it. We were terrified. I remember, yeah, we just watching ate it, it and, like texting you. It. And 
and it's still great. And I love that Johannes Roberts is in this documentary yeah. because he did. He's directed two, one and a half really good shark movies. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't hate Uncaged either, but the thing is, I feel like Uncaged goes into they're they're both campy as shit, but yeah. Uncaged is like way more campy than Forty Seven Meters Down. Yes. Forty Seven Meters Down is not realistic even slightly, but I don't give a fuck. I'm watching a horror movie about I, sharks. Okay, so I, just thinking about it, is there any other genre besides shark exploitation that literally is only compared to one film? I can't look at sci-fi that's and a, be like, is everything yeah. is like anything like Empire? Because not everyone's standard is Empire. I can't think of any other genre where it's like, oh, it's this film. Jaws is not only that big of a standalone film, but it is like the shark film. Nothing. And we even talk about when we talk about animal attack films, it relates back to like Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. No, you're, yeah, you're you're entirely right. I didn't even think about that, but that is entirely true. Like there, I can't not off the top of my head. I can't think of another genre. Watch genre. We there's no consensus, num- and that's like the there's only like genre. Found, found footage. Everyone always talks about Blair Witch Project, which I is guess fair. that is true. That's but, true. But there are so many great found footage movies that aren't Blair Witch hmm. Project. There there are found footage movies that I as myself i think that blair witch project's one of the best horror movies ever made but there are some found footage movies that are close close to that good like there are some really mm-hmm. great found footage movies i think but, yeah the, the some there's some films just can't capture that true lightning in a bottle yeah i guess um i don't know how much else we want to talk about with uh, the documentary itself I, I feel like we both really enjoyed it. And yeah, I think we just got to open up the conversation. Just talk. This gives us an excuse to talk about shark movies. Exactly. Um, and I was going to ask because we kind of gave each other a, a fun, I wouldn't say assignment, but a little side quest with this is try and find one do- because we've seen, we've seen Most every, we've seen pretty much every good shark movie there is. It's, there's not too many rocks unturned. Um, no, like we we haven't seen all of the like Sharknado or uh, right, but Sand that's not Shark, our thing. Shark. Yeah, it's not. But when we decided to do this episode, we talked about like let's each watch one movie that's talked about in this mm-hmm. documentary that we had that we haven't seen. seen. And I know I did. I watched one, but I also watched another one that is talked about in this documentary. But it's one I've seen a million times. I rewatched Jaws two. Yes, I love Jaws two, man. It's so Jaws. Good. T- just and that just celebrated an anniversary this year and that's the thing though is like even i'm a part of like all of like the facebook jaws super fan groups and instagram all these places that people just celebrate jaws and people tend to in those groups they accept jaws jaws Mm -hmm. too sorry as what it is there there are moments of course i don't think it's even close to as good as the original but like it's fucking fun man i really like jaws too dude and the similarities honestly with it and halloween too down to like the burnt like mask and everything you know like the burnt face is like these are very similar like i find jaws too to be like a slasher film it is it's and, a and summer like, camp slasher movie but with a and yeah down to having jaws be like you know disfigured after that one girl decides to pour gas in herself as a self-defense mechanism um but just down to that, to having that fucking shark be like, uh, you know, disfigured and but it takes down an airplane 
takes down fucking everything. It is that there's one moment, and I know people like dunk on it a lot, and I think it's kind of fair. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where the shark comes up to the side of the boat and it looks like it has like a cleft palate. Oh, like, yes, yes. It is it, like it, it squishes in. Yes, yeah, I know exactly it's what you're like talking about. kind of it is very campy and yeah. uh, that is like a foresight, but I still love it. Like I for some reason, as Jaws is my favorite movie of all time, for some reason, I can forgive the schlockiness of Jaws too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't explain it, but I forgive it. And honestly, if we're having a conversation about Jaws, because we did a whole series about Jaws, but um, as bad as three and four are, they both have a singular kill in each movie that are some of the creepiest kills in the whole franchise, I find, besides the um, the the first one with the, is it the the kayak guy or whatever the fuck boat he's in? Are you talking about the original? Yeah. Yeah, like that. that's like a traumatizing kill. But like, what are you talking about for Jaws 3 oh. and 4? Okay, so I'm glad that you asked if anyone's <laughs> interested at all. Um, so Jaws 3, when they have the two guys have to go inside the lagoon to get the shark to chase them, and it goes into that like airlock thingy, and then the guy um, gets swallowed, and you have the POV. They talk about it actually in the, the documentary, uh, uh, how like creepy of a scene it is, but you have the POV where you're inside of Jaws, and it's squishing yeah, that, that dude, and he's got the grenade terrifying scene just you know like you're actually inside of the shark being like, i know oh, you God. don't i know you don't care about it and by the time this episode comes out i will be in the theater watching it but meg right. two i'm excited for meg two i know you didn't care for the first one but yeah. they they pay homage to that in the trailer that's something oh. i really like about oh do meg they two. i didn't even notice there's a shot in the meg two the trench trailer where you're like inside the shark's mouth yeah like yeah like that's oh. Okay, well, I I still I think I'm going to check it out. I mean, I just wanted to see the first one. Um, And then for Jaws 4, I can't remember which son it is, but the very first kill, uh, Brody's son, where they establish that it's Mm -hmm. like out for revenge, is where it rips off his arm because he's looking for something during like Christmas. And it like they're singing. It's got a weird like Black Christmassy thing where like they're singing a Christmas carol as he's getting shredded. You can't hear it. It's a terror. And then the boat gets sunk at the very end. It's a great scene. The, it's the ridiculous. The but there are, That's, yeah. oof. It's ridiculous, but there are redeemable factors in mm-hmm. those small fragments of that movie. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Not, not, good. I grew up, I grew up actually like not hating Jaws three. Yeah. It's, it's pretty a cool bad. idea. It is, but it's, it's pretty boring. Like it's, yes, it's just not a, it's not a great movie in any way. Whereas Jaws 2, yeah, of course, it's nothing like the original. It's nowhere yeah. close to as good as that. But it does feel like a, you know, a summer camp slasher, but with a shark. So it's fun. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, so what, what are the movies you... you saw? Like, wh- Which one did you check out that you hadn't seen? I was going to do Orca, but I knew too much about it from you. I still have to see Orca. Have you I never haven't. seen Orca? No, I actually I like Orca. And that's it's the one where it's like, oh, it's probably like comparatively to what I watched is very competent. I watched a TV movie that they referenced kind of quickly. Um, it's called Frenzy. It's also known as Surrounded. It's a TV movie from 2018. Um, I have not seen this one. It's in the aftermath of a plane crash. A woman fights to survive a pack of killer sharks. Yeah, um, I'm looking at the poster. The poster is not terrible. 
No, it's not a bad poster, honestly. We got a 2.8 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> how how was this one? Let me tell you. Um holy PS2 fuck. graphics galore um for 2018 in which I always it always cracks me up and I'm not going to be hard on films for that because it's a TV movie. Um it, I guess that's what I have to reference is that it is a TV movie so you're like you can imagine when they're they're inside this tiny little plane, all your characters, and they're supposed to be like twenty somethings getting along, but they're all like they look way older than that, and they have no dynamic. But they're in the plane, and it's you know like the you can clearly tell that it's just green screened over, and somebody's shaking it from the side, and they're like, "Oh, we're going down," and they're shaking it a little bit harder. Anyway, it's these three great white sharks like chase around these people constantly because they get cut. Um, after their plane crash there's blood in the water it it's it's bad i can't say it's good in any facet i will say however whoever came up with the kills for this really thought about what it looked like underwater which is something you don't always see because and we're big components of the of the uh you know like the the show don't tell and and it's a little bit different when you get to shark movies because you have to have the implication of where's your monster but they yeah. would show these people getting dragged under and their arms getting like chewed up and and spit out and stuff. And like it was they they had like a, a little bit of a gnarly charm to it whenever they had the kill, especially because they have like this the the main character's sister, who's such like a important character in this, gets fucking destroyed. And you'd think that they would have kind of that. I don't know if it would be dignity or whatever, but as you know, for your main character that you don't see any of that part of it. But they show, oh, this girl just gets shred. It was, it was surprisingly violent. Um, not well done violence, but I, I loved the spirit of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's frenzy slash surrounded. Yeah, it doesn't look like one I'm gonna rush to see. But that I don't recommend anyone rush to see. That. I, I like though that we even talked about that, like this documentary, which I, I really enjoyed, and I'm, I'm actually kind of. Uh, harsh on documentaries sometimes like i i mm-hmm. hold them to a different standard but when it comes to something like this no one is thinking about doing a documentary about something so niche to like what we love mm-hmm. that i i feel like this movie really excelled at well and especially know, to this competency level that's another yeah. thing like with horror documentaries you have so many people who want to put that time effort and love into it but just don't always have the other creative and production means to make it look good. And I like you that know, it like... wasn't just film people. Mm-hmm. Like I like no, that, that it was people who are like, you know, um, what's the the word? Uh, people who are, what's the word I'm looking at? Like marine biologists? Marine biologists. This movie had some like marine biologists and like people who are actually like looking at it from a scientific point some of view. sharkologists. Yeah. Like yeah. I like that part. And uh, of course I like seeing like the people that, you know, are just film fans like us who mm-hmm. love this shit but uh it, it the best thing the movie does is it does make you feel like it makes you want to be easier on the movies that we've dunked on over the yes. years like sharknado yeah. and all that stuff it's like dude these people don't don't think that they're making jaws yeah and they're not tried they're they're a hundred percent have their foot in like campiness which is something we love but we're harsh on new campy things it's true yeah. The one that I checked out was uh have you watched Cruel Jaws? 
No, I've heard lots of it, and it kind of has a cool poster. I know it that. does, and I know like the only time it's really been talked about in the show is Daniel Epler brought it up when he came on. I think it would have been for the Wolfman episode, right? Um, but it's one that's like I should have seen this way like a long time ago, especially as like a, a self-proclaimed shark obsessed. But I did know what I was walking into, and even I think Daniel prefaced that in his review. But like it is just they talk about it in this documentary where it's like. Dude, they straight up steal scenes from Jaws in this movie. Like, it is just an exploitation movie trying to remake Jaws right. without any of the heart or the spirit. And it is really fucking bad. It's just but a it, very crude. But it's fun. Like, I yeah. had a good time watching it, but I had a good time watching it knowing that Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. So it's like, I kind of liked watching them just rip, like, riff yeah. on this fantastic Dude, movie he would and love not blades get any then. of the points i need to watch blades blades is like literally the plot of jaws just replaced with a lawnmower at a golf course yeah and that's exactly what this is like it's it's not great i i know i was hoping that we were going to each find like uh, a diamond a in the gem. rough yeah but i think we we have found the diamond in the rough like the ones that we like mm-hmm. like we we both love crawl i know that's like a hollywood movie at this point or, and not a know, shark movie, but yeah, but you know, that's it's okay. the yeah, same I, I, type of thing. Yeah, there, there are so many horrible. I, I love the spirit of what a lot of these people are going for with these shark exploitation movies. It's not always my thing, even though it should be. I'm fascinated that there are people out there who watch more shark movies than us. Yes, because yeah, I, I feel like we're we're looking for like the the oysters, you know, with the the gems in them, whereas like there are some people just genuinely are like give me all of it which i mean props to those people but i definitely yeah i definitely it's just not us (laughs) yeah i need i need a certain level of serious and i also will give them credit for um going back to the documentary that they gave some love to uh like lake placid and anaconda as well as acknowledging how big those were and how big deep blue sea was in that you know the they were kind of the uh, the unholy trinity of animal attack films in the nineties. One hundred percent. There, like the bottom line with this documentary is that there are so many shark movies that have, you know, built a life off of what Jaws mm-hmm. created, in completely different ways. But it all comes down to nature attacks, animal attacks, nature run amok movies, mm-hmm. and uh, those are the movies that we really like. But... Yeah. And it's all comes back to just watching Jaws when we were way too young and just realizing how good it was way too young. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's like that's like a core thing. It is. But it's it's one of those things where like we love it. I think I loved it from a very young age, thinking that it was kind of ridiculous. And then you grow mm-hmm. up and you realize it's like this is actually just like a masterfully made movie. Yeah. And then you start watching other movies that have the similar plot line or like it's like an animal attacking people. And then it makes you realize every time that you watch it, sure, there's going to be times that we really enjoy, like Crawl or uh, even Bait. Um, yeah. uh, what was that one with Idris Elba? Beast, you really like that one? Beast, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's all, you know, stems back from Jaws, but we're not, I think you and I, and I think a lot of horror fans are like that, where we don't hold it all to the same standard as Jaws, because mm-hmm. we're not idiots. We know that you can't just make Jaws every day. But well, yeah, we it's like even when you're, people you're talking try. about Meg 2 with coming out right away is like 
Meg too doesn't want to be Jaws in any facet. No. They just make jokes. Like, you know, they kind of riff, like you were saying, they make jokes about or pay homage to it, but they're yeah. not trying to be in any way. No. And I feel like I should, you know, knowing like my taste and things I like, I should have been harsher on the Meg, <laughs> but I didn't hate that movie. And I'm actually really excited for the Meg too. Mm-hmm. Just because I like any chance that I have to see like a shark attacking humans. And there's always that possibility that like if it does really, really well, that that opens the door for someone to be like, Something yeah, better, sure, yeah. put out another shark movie. Maybe it's more serious. People just like sharks will buy whatever, you know. Yeah, no. And I like that you mentioned 47 meters down on cage, which I went to. That was like one of the movies I went to by myself just because I was like, I need to see this. I thought we like, went to that together. Maybe no, not. We, we, we went to the first one. We went to right. uh, the shallows together. Right. And I remember we were both like, ah, that wasn't what we wanted. And then I came around on that movie later because it, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we would have been, we were much younger when that movie came out. Yeah. And I think we were expecting too much. And it it is like, Shallows is a fun movie. It's And it's so There's some well really done. good shit like, in there. Yeah, yeah. Once you realize it's like, dude, the, like, the practical effects are insane. And the fact yeah. that like there's a relationship with a seagull in this that's like really like <laughs> touching. <laughs> 100%. It's just, it's all ridiculous. But uh, yeah. I really like the documentary. I definitely recommend people check it out, especially if you're like us. Uh, um, I just have to say on a personal level, what you were going to say about Uncaged. I need you to go back to that. Say anything about Uncaged. I had fun with Uncaged while I was watching it, but like mm-hmm. I fully... I thought it was the dumbest fucking movie ever, but that's what I wanted. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted, I'm pretty sure I gave that movie a good review. Like, I don't think it's fucking fantastic, but it's a fun movie to watch. It's and ridiculous. You're right. And it's like for that one specifically is one of those ones where for me, it's worth it for a couple of really good scenes because I think Johannes Roberts is fantastic. And yeah. It's like every once in a while he takes a bump and goes into like a turbo mode where he just makes these really incredible scenes because yeah, like Uncaged isn't a fantastic film, but you have that one scene where they're playing the look underwater. It's like a Michael Myers scene, basically. It's like, that's really good. And then they had that one where the girl was getting slowly dragged back, which was another like classic horror, which again, the shark swimming backwards, but so fucking oh, like there's... scenes like that is so cool and then they just throw it all out of the way for that huge wild scene at the end but it's i fun. love the it's fun. i know that's one where we 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 had different opinions on the ending yeah. like i was like it was all ridiculous to me from the get-go so i kind of liked the ending yeah so i was like this is so dumb but it really goes bonkers. i just i think yeah. i really just wanted the descent but with sharks yeah. and, and there are a couple it, of moments it's, where it's kind it, of yeah every yeah. once in a while Anyway, no. I I think we got it cased. What do you think? I I agree. No, it, okay, it's good, a fun. I have the hiccups. <laughs> it's a it's a fun documentary, and I think if you have Shutter, you should check it out, especially if you've ever been a fan of shark movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, bottom line: Deep Blue Sea rules. Jaws, of course, rules. Forty seven meters down rules. The Reef. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. What are, What are some shark movies that you really like? Oh man, now you're putting me on the spot with I'm trying to remember ones I don't have. I feel like I just uh, named you... the good ones. <laughs> you like Shark Bait? Yes, I that's actually one I did want to make a mention of. Did you like Shark Night? I can't remember your thoughts on Shark Night. Oh, that I mean that one was whatever. Oh man, what other ones did we do for that episode? Shark Night and Bait. The the only two we did. 
Yeah, bait bait was more fun than we thought it was going to be. I remember that. Did, like you have no interest in like sharks of the corn or Ouija shark? No. Yeah, I'm not the same. At all. I feel like we're out, dude. Did you watch the Black Demon? It was bad. I turned it off. I've heard, yeah. And yeah, you have like you, you mentioned bait, which t- to a certain level, and then you have like a, another made for TV one. I can't remember if we ever. I swear I've talked about this on the show. It was like Redwater. Redwater. There was yeah. yeah there was that. Um, I here's another. Here's a really deep cut that uh, at the very back of my brain from when we first started recording, I remember not completely hating it. Is um, Open Water Three Cage Dive? I oh yeah. Yeah. I remember two was the one that didn't have any sharks. They lied. The the one where the mm-hmm. boat just got away from them. <laughs> um, anyway, I, those are off the top of my head. Those are some of the ones I could think of. Um, yeah, we did that episode about bait and shark night. I think I love that. Kind of... We love shark movies so much, but we don't love a lot of shark movies. <laughs> That's like kind of the. Well, point. it's not that we don't love. It's just that the they're not quality. Like we're just yeah. we're really scraping for thing. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. I really like the documentary. I definitely recommend people checking it out on Shutter. Yep. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we close up shop tonight, Boozy? You know what? Just I, I on a on a personal note note for for the people who did like DM us or you know ever DM us about like movie recommendations who check this out. Big time appreciation. Please keep doing that. Or if you yeah. never have and want to, like, I want to know what you guys think of um, you know. Uh, is it C for me? Yeah. Which no. one? The, sorry, the one that just came out. Uh, talk to me. Talk to. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. Yeah, yeah okay. like I, I love hearing what people think about talk to me. Fucking tell me, please. I love seeing how many people watch Haunting of Hill House after we did that episode. Like that felt pretty yeah. good. I saw one today. Yeah, it's pretty dope. That that is really because and Appreciate yeah, same that. with the people saying that it like it rocks too like yeah. i love that i love the our community and it's great love you guys so it's the best. that's all i had great all right well we don't know what's going to come up next on the show but we are closing up like we just closed up the week before this the all the ghosts and haunting stories we just did this one <laughs> quote unquote shark. haunting ghosts <laughs> yeah we did the shark exploitation episode but uh we're gonna have some more fun shit coming your way in september and october I honestly October. think we're going to have to find some like older stuff again because yeah, like just it's been fun. We always have a good time and it seems like we have a great reaction from when we do those older ones. And there's yeah. a lot of there's tons we have not done. There's so much shit that we have not done yet. And I'm excited to do that. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time on the terror table. Yeah.